0: If the cost of actually acquiring a customer is more than what you can actually charge that customer, then you don't
1: have a business. Boss Uncaged is a bi-weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners as they become uncaged trailblazers, unconventional thinkers, untethered trendsetters, and unstoppable tycoons. We always hear about overnight success stories, never knowing that it took 20 years to become a reality. Our host, S.A. Grant, conducts narrative accounts through the voices and stories behind Uncaged Bosses. In each episode, guests from a wide range of backgrounds sharing diverse business insights. Learn how to release your primal success through words of wisdom from inspirational entrepreneurs and industry experts as they depict who they are, how they juggle their work life with family life, their successful habits, business expertise, tools, and tips of their trade. Release the uncaged boss beast in you. Welcome our host, S.A. Grant.
2: Welcome to Boss Cage. On today's show, we have Trent Phillips, better known as the Digital OG. Trent goes by many titles. He's an executive. He's a CEO. He's a day trader. He's also a business partner of a baseball academy, one of the largest baseball academies in the Southeast. But in today's show, we're going to talk about his digital agency, Bizography.com. A great takeaway from today's show is lead generating. Um, Trent dives into A mantra that he learned from his mentor, and that he's passing it on to us as well too. And the reality is, if you're not getting leads, then your business is dying. Without any more spoilers, let's jump right into the show. Without further ado, the digital OG Trent Phillips. Trent, thank you for coming out to the show today.
0: Shout out, thank you for having me.
2: So um, we've been working together for a a long time, and it's since about what, around 2000?
0: Oh yes. It's been a while, and um, time actually flies when you're having fun, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: I actually remember the first time I met you was at, um, I think it was like a restaurant, like Old Charlie's.
0: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And uh, we uh, met through one of your school colleagues uh, who was actually doing some work for me. And uh, she mentioned that she had a friend who was very creative. And I said, well, let me find, let me introduce myself to this guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely remember. I think I showed up with a suit and you had on like a track suit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that's about as formal as I get most of the time.
2: <laughs> got it. Got it. So, I mean, who are you?
0: That's a good question because who am I? The answers have actually changed over the years. I'm uh, originally from the uh, Raleigh-Durham area and um, really kind of got, grew up in a family of uh, hardworking people. Mother and father were just uh, people that believed in hard work, and had a couple of brothers and sisters that started their own businesses, and uh, kind of piqued my interest. Uh, had an older brother who owned a um, cleaning service, and uh, had a sister who owned beauty salon. Would just from a distance watch them running their businesses and doing all the things they needed to do to make their businesses grow. And over time, I just kind of knew that I wanted to do that at some point. But as a uh, teenager, you know, I just wanted to be Reggie Jackson of the Oakland A's. But um, after high school, uh, went to college and um, majored in business, was fortunate enough to get a lot of exposure to the different aspects of business, marketing, accounting, finance, uh, management, and graduated uh, from college. Uh, I was out looking for a job, and every time I went to a job interview, someone was asking me about, well, what kind of computer skills do you have? And I had none. So... After about the 15th interview of actually having that question, I realized that, you know, I needed to find a way to get some computer skills. So the first thing I did uh, was I got a job working in an electronics store. Luckily for me, the guy who was selling the computers quit. So the manager asked me, he said, well, do you want to actually take a stab at selling computers? And I was like, well, sure. I don't know anything about them, but I'll figure it out. And This is a long time ago, I'm probably going to age myself here, but this is when they had Commodore 64s and TRS-80s were the technology of the day. And, And, you know, there was software like VisiCalc and that type of stuff. So it was the early days of the computer business. That was my first introduction to technology. As a result of selling computers, I decided to go back to school and got a computer science degree that I really kind of understood what um, the technology was all about and what really made computers work. But I never really wanted to be a, a programmer. Um, I was always a sales and, and marketing guy, and, and so I realized that there was a career uh, selling technology. And so that was the path that I uh, wanted to go on, and that's the path that I pursued. And uh, luckily, I had an opportunity to get a job in a software company and um, walked in um, the first day, and the company was growing really fast, and so the only office that they had available was an old janitorial room where it had a bunch of brooms and mops in it. And so they transformed that room into my first office. And so I had the smallest office in the building. Within six months, I was the top salesman in the company. So from small rooms, big things happen, I guess you could say. But it was um, something that I wanted to do. Uh, I was very interested in doing it. I had some very good advice at a very young age. When I was in the software company, a guy came by and he said, look, you want to be in this business, the first thing you need to do is you need to learn how to be a student of the business. And so learn everything you can possibly learn about the computer business, even if it's not in your area, it will actually uh, help you in your career development. And I took that to heart. I took that to heart. And I learned as much as I possibly could about hardware and software and networking and all the different aspects of, of technology. And uh, over the years, that advice has actually been a godsend uh, for me because, as we all know in the technology business, the technology changes all the time. And so there was always something to learn.
2: So, what kind of technology business are you into? I mean, talking about tech as far as hardware, software. I mean, what do you do exactly?
0: Well, for the last twenty years, we've built what we could call today a digital marketing agency. Um, Fifteen years in the software business, um, I literally just got burned out from you know riding airplanes and living in hotels and running from one rental car to the other. So, at the age of thirty-eight. I left the software business and went to the basement of my house and started a web design firm. My last job in the software business was selling web-based software. And so I had been introduced to the internet and the promise that uh, the internet had. And this is 1999 to kind of give you some time perspective. So I uh, went to the basement of my house. Put together a business plan and started out just trying to figure out how I was going to convince people that the internet was going to be the greatest thing. I remember one of the last sales calls that I had when I was working for the software company was at Home Depot. And I'm sitting in the CIO's office and he gets a phone call from one of his suppliers. His supplier is some little small company out in Arkansas. Who made cabinets, and the guy was having problems logging into the inventory management system at Home Depot. And a light went off in my head that the big companies, they have all the resources to, you know, with programmers and computers and that type of stuff. But the small guys, they didn't have any of those resources. And usually they were the Lone Ranger in a lot of cases. And I felt like there was an opportunity to work with small businesses and provide technology uh, services to those guys. And in particular, websites, because at that time, uh, websites were a very new thing. And so I pursued that angle.
2: Got it. So you're looking at it in hindsight. You're talking about 20, 30 years in, in the game. Is there anything that you could have done differently to get you where you are a lot faster if you could do it all over again?
0: Well, you know what? You always can think of things that you would want to do differently. I wished I had uh, um, met Bill Gates and, um, and worked with him on um, building the software business. I probably wouldn't be in the software business right now or the technology business right now. But, you know, I don't have any regrets. I think everybody actually builds a path to their career. And my journey has actually been a, a very good journey. And I don't have any regrets about that at all.
2: So I guess another factor would be you know, your family life. How do you juggle your work life with your family life?
0: Well, I was lucky because my wife was in the software business. And uh, she had actually graduated from uh, California Berkeley's computer science department. And uh, literally one day, some long-haired hippie walked into one of her classes and said, hey, anybody who wants a job, show up at 2 o'clock tomorrow at this place. And she did it she got a job in the technology business that company ended up being Informix, and Informix actually grew into a very big company and was actually bought by IBM in um, 2002 for a billion dollars so she knew the game she knew all of the things that came along with the technology business we both traveled and um we traveled a lot. I, I think we didn't have a kid for the first five years. We were married because we just basically traveled all the time. Uh, but when we did start having kids, we literally actually used to hand off my uh, my oldest son in the airport. I would be coming in and she would be going out or I would be going out and she would be coming in and we would literally hand the kid off in the, uh, in the airport to one another. And so... You know, after doing that a few times, we realized that, you know what, one of us had to actually do something different that actually allows us to um, be around the house a little more. And so that was part of the impetus for me, going to the basement of a house and starting a, a web design company.
2: Hmm. That's, that's pretty interesting. Do you have any, um, in particular, morning habits or morning routines that you do on a daily basis that get you ready for your day?
0: Well, you know, I try to, uh, as much as possible get up and work out in the morning. Doesn't always happen. But if I can get, you know, three or four days a weekend, that's pretty good for me. Um, that kind of clears my head. And while I'm working out, it allows me to think about the things that I need to accomplish for that particular day or, or for the week. So that's, you know, my, my biggest routine It's just working out. Gotcha. How much you benching? I'm not benching anything, actually. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, you're a big guy. You're like, what, 6'2", six 6'3"? Six
0: I'm actually 6'4 and a half. Okay. Um, but I've never been a big weight guy. I was always more so into just running and just doing a lot of different sports as a kid. You know, I just never really was that guy who – Went in the, in the weight room and picked up 500 pounds and, and yelled and screamed. That just wasn't me.
1: Gotcha. You weren't beating your chest while you are in the gym. I hear you. Nope.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, let's take a quick break
2: and hear from today's sponsor.
1: Support for Boss Uncaged and the following message comes from Cerebral 360. Cerebral 360, where your online strategies become offline reality. Cerebral 360 has over 20 plus years of successful marketing and unique brand development. Contact Cerebral360 when you need instructive online success strategies. Learn more at www.serebral360.com. Back to the show. Where do you see yourself in 20 years? Retired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I've been doing this now for about 35 years. And 35 years, uh, 15 years in the software business, working with five technology companies, three or startups that actually went IPO. So that was kind of a blur. And then starting a the web design business and actually having that company kind of evolve into a digital marketing agency over 20 years. Uh, 35 years of of technology is, is a lot. Now I'm just kind of um, looking at just cutting back and simplifying life a little bit, and just doing some other things that I like, uh, just to maybe uh, do some volunteer work and that type of thing.
2: Hmm. So being that you're in tech, and we know that tech changes literally like, it used to be like every 90 days, now it's like every nine days. Where do you see the industry going in the next 20 years?
0: You know, it's funny, when I got into the technology business, uh, people were doing time sharing on mainframes. (laughs) (laughs) Punch cards. <laughs> <laughs> when I took my first computer class, it was actually programming COBOL on punch cards. Hmm. So it's kind of funny how things have happened. We went from time sharing on a mainframe to working on mini computers to then the advent of PCs. And then PCs had to be networked into a client-server environment and then you know came along the internet and so i remember sun microsystems used to have this slogan the network is the computer and so everything then was about networking and then just things have just evolved and so now we're at a uh, in the cloud computing era It's kind of funny. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like the old time-sharing punch card area. Uh So things have kind of almost gone full circle in some ways.
2: Got it. So what's your thoughts on, like, artificial intelligence and, and, I mean, those things getting to the point to where they can do majority of the jobs and they can execute way more than people could
0: individually? You know, it's it's interesting and I think is exciting in a way. I was lucky enough to work in a Cisco software company. The basis of artificial intelligence is literally based off of statistics and, and basically algorithms and, and that type of stuff. And I think AI is going to be a very useful tool for all types of businesses and individuals. I think that we have to be careful about the use of artificial intelligence and how it's actually applied to everyday life. I've always believed that technology is a tool and an enabler, but it is not it's not to supplant humans. It's actually to be a tool for humans to actually use.
2: So why do you do what you do? I mean, why did you even get into this business?
0: I was, um, as I mentioned, you know, just really just trying to get a job. And in the early 80s, the technology industry was really growing up. I mean, Microsoft, uh, Oracle, those companies were born around the late 70s, early 80s. Apple Computer. And so I was just trying to find a career. And lo and behold, bumped into the career of all careers because now technology is everywhere. It permeates everything that we do on a daily basis. In a lot of cases it's actually taken over industries. You look at what Tesla has done to the car industry, yeah. it's just totally transformed that that business and you can't think of a section of life today where technology hasn't actually touched it. And so in retrospect, I kinda hit the jackpot. I hit the area that not only has grown, but has actually literally grown tentacles into every aspect of life on a daily basis.
2: That's definitely very interesting. So, I mean, being that you're in tech, what are some tools that you use on a daily basis that you couldn't run your company without?
0: Well, being in a project-based business, you've got to have project management tools. And so we use Trello for managing um, our web, projects and uh, marketing projects. Uh, We use CRM tools like HubSpot for tracking contacts and sales opportunities. We use QuickBooks for all of our accounting and and accounts payables, accounts receivables. And uh, I just used a lot of phone-based productivity tools for task management. Uh, I use uh, CamCard for actually just getting business cards and keeping track of contacts. Um, uh, we use MailChimp for email marketing. And so there's just a number of web-based tools that we use to make it all work. You know, you have to learn a lot of different tools, but the good thing is, is that a lot of these things are now uh, connected. And so, we have uh, seamless integration um, between those tools, and it increases our productivity dramatically.
2: Cool. Uh, with the email marketing side of things, um, you said you use MailChimp. Have you used other providers before, like Constant Contact, for example, or do you
0: have a preference? I mean, I know you use a MailChimp, but is there a particular reason why you use MailChimp? Well, you know, the... Um, Literally HubSpot has email marketing in it. Constant Contact was actually around before MailChimp was. And uh, I think as a uh, a business owner, you want to use things that actually are going to improve your productivity. And I think the intuitive, easy to use approach that MailChimp has uh, really caught my eye. Um, I was able to use it literally out of the box without any training. And that's important because, again, I've been in the technology business for 35 years. I remember when the first thing you did when you used technology is you pulled out the manual and you read the manual on how to do stuff. Nobody does that anymore. And so if you can't literally just open up an application and start using it right away and figure it out, then you're not going to probably use it very long. And so uh, it has to be easy to use. It has to be intuitive. And I think uh, MailChimp is something that um, has met that criteria for us.
2: So let's say I'm an up-and-coming entrepreneur. I want to build a company like yours. Or I want to get into tech. What words of wisdom would you leave for me?
0: Well, I tell all of our clients today is that most of the time when you start a business today, the first thing you would do is actually build a business plan. And a business plan is important still, but more important to me is when you have an idea is figure out a plan on how you're going to get customers because at the core of any business is the ability to go out and get customers. And uh, I had a, a mentor tell me one time that if the cost of actually acquiring a customer is more than what you can actually charge that customer, then you don't have a business. And so you've got to be able to acquire a client at a price and then be able to charge a higher price in order to have a business. And so in a lot of ways, businesses are blocking and tackling. And the pure sense of that is actually customer acquisition, We help a lot of companies today in our business figure out how to actually get clients. And I was reading an article here recently where 750 of the Fortune 1000 CEOs were interviewed and they asked in 2020, what was going to be your biggest challenge? And 51% of them said lead generation and that really caught me off guard but if you think about it it's probably one of the more difficult things to do today because the way people consume information has dramatically changed over the years
2: yeah, i definitely agree with you i mean i think versus the lead gen, i think it's more so the lifetime value of getting the customer so if you say you get a customer for $5 on a lead, but the reality is, is over a period of time, you can actually upsell, cross-sell, down-sell, and get way more money over a period of time. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the lifetime value of a customer can be significant. And so if you can acquire that client, then you can use all of the digital marketing technology and things that are around the day to not only actually upsell and cross sell your products and services to that particular customer, but that customer is also a ideal person to actually get referrals from Mm -hmm. and is our ideal uh, person to get reviews from those reviews and those referrals are the basis for getting more clients. And that's one of the things that we actually help companies with today is understanding that the acquisition of a client is not just for that client, but also for the potential clients that they may actually refer to you. So it's important that uh, not only that you have a, a system in place for acquiring clients, but also a system in place to be able to upsell those clients and actually get referrals and reviews from those clients.
2: Yeah, that's definitely some great insight. So how can people find you? I mean, do you have a website, Instagram, Facebook, birth certificate?
0: Yeah, we I've got a birth certificate. It's got a <laughs> it's got a little dirt on it, so it's been around for a while. But yeah, you can find us at Bizography dot com. That's the easiest way to find us. Uh we obviously are on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and all the uh popular social media platforms. But um, the best way to get some insight into us is to check out our website at com. Great. So I
2: got, I got a particular question that I was waiting to ask you this question for like, I've been thinking about this question to ask you for years now. If you had an opportunity to sit down with somebody uninterrupted for 24 hours, dead or alive, who would it be and why?
0: Well, it's interesting. It would probably be Martin Luther King because here's a man who, fought for social justice for a group of people who were oppressed for several hundred years. And literally, he fought a fight to get not only his race of people, but people that were not actually in the mainstream, women, gay, LGBTQ people, union people, everybody that was actually on the fringes to have an opportunity to actually participate in the mainstream. And um, he took the idea that was created in the United States, this idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident and all people are created equal. And he held that piece of paper up to the mainstream and said, "Look, this is what you wrote. We want to hold you to it." And he went about doing that. So, just a conversation with him about, you know, today what he would actually see going on in the world, um, what uh, the things that he fought for, you know, improving uh, the poverty rate, uh, education, equal opportunity. All of those things would be of interest to me. Uh financial independence. All of those things would actually be something that I want to actually talk to him about. Pretty legit answer. Well, that's my man. <laughs> <laughs> that's my man. Well,
2: I mean this concludes the show, man. I definitely appreciate you taking the time out your day and, and coming out, man. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Cage. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to become an uncaged trailblazer. If this podcast helped you, please email me about it. Submit additional questions you would love to hear me ask our guests and or drop me your thoughts at AskSAGrant.com. Post comments, share, hit subscribe. And remember, to become a boss cage. you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off.
1: Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful book, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.sagrant.com slash Boss Uncaged.